It's four o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I do want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. I am Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I have the privilege and the blessing to host the Tuesday edition of Calvary Live, and I am with you for the next hour, ready to take your calls, your questions concerning the Scripture, uh, Christian living, also to take your prayer requests. As you just heard, the number to call is 303-690-3000. So I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners as you are listening live uh, to this program all along the Front Range in 101.7 in Southern Colorado. We welcome you, and then 89.7 from about Castle Rock, Parker, on up into Southern Wyoming, even to parts of the Panhandle of Nebraska. I pray that we hear from you. Uh, give us a call as you ask your questions. Give prayer requests. I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. But I also want to also welcome the Hope FM listeners in Maryland, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. As you're listening in, you're a week delayed, but you can call at this time at 303-690-3000, be on the air, and to be able to be a part of this wonderful show. And the whole uh, purpose of this show is to be able to answer questions, but most of all, to be able to minister to you, to be able to pray with you. And also, we want to welcome online listeners. You also can call. We've gotten calls from different parts of the country, those listening online. So if you're online listening, give us a call at 303-690-3000. There's a means for you to be able to text in a question. It's a text line. Uh, That number is 720-336-0897. Let me say that again, 720-336-0897. And as time permits, we'd love to be able to answer those questions or to pray for the requests that come in uh, on the text line. Well, we want to be uh, opening the show today uh, by praying for those in Houston. I think all of you that are listening have seen the devastation of the flooding and uh, the rescues, and uh, we just want to open up by uh, praying for those in the Houston area and surrounding areas, a very large area uh, that has been affected by the incredible amount of rain that has fallen uh, as Hurricane Harvey came on coast, stalled uh, the last few days, uh, and uh, is just now starting to move out, and uh, it's still raining there. But uh, the pictures, I think that any of us that have seen them is absolutely amazing. So we want to pray for the residents. We want to pray for the people affected. Many people have their homes that have been flooded, businesses that have been flooded, hospitals that have been evacuated. We want to pray for all the National Guard that is there, the Coast Guard that is uh, doing incredible rescues of people uh, out of the flood areas. Also, those uh, first responders, uh, we already have news that one uh, peace officer uh, in the Houston area has drowned um, as he served the people. Uh, so we want to keep them in prayer, and the citizens as well. It's so touching to see those who are coming in uh, with their boats, helping out pastors, uh, the Christian community coming together, uh, helping any way that they can. And we want to pray for the people of Houston. We want to pray for that area and pray that um, that we can uh, be able to help in practical ways, but also uh, as the days go forth, 
to be able to help in spiritual ways as well. And that's very important in times like this. And uh, so some may be asking how to help. Uh, I know that uh, there's a link on our website, Calvary Chapel Greeley, to Calvary Chapel Houston that's been devastated uh, by the floods. And then also some other links, Calvary Chapel Association uh, has uh, hurricane relief that goes directly to uh, the relief efforts down in Houston. Uh, so all that information is there. And um, and I know that some people are wanting to be helping, and we're going to have that information at our church tomorrow night. But it's also on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. Uh, you can directly give to Calvary Chapel Houston in, in the relief efforts or Samaritan Purse, which is an incredible ministry with Franklin Graham and then also Calvary Chapel Association. But why don't we take the time to pray? Uh, as we're doing that, lines are open. I'd love to hear from you. You're the one that makes the show. Uh, maybe you got people that you know down in Houston that you want to pray for. I'd love to be able to pray for them. We've had uh, people in our own fellowship that have relatives down there that are displaced. Uh, their church uh, churches have been flooded. Um, you know, they're feeling the effects and uh, maybe you have somebody that you want to specifically pray for, give me a call and let's do that. Uh, if that's something that we do for a lot of the show, it's worth it because these are very dire times, and we want to bring the comfort um, that only the Lord can bring. Uh, before we go to prayer, I want to read to you from Romans chapter 12. As Paul, in that section of Romans, is talking about being living sacrifices to God, he says in verse 10, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And certainly we are called in this time to show affectionate to one another, brotherly love, um, not lagging in diligence, to be praying, uh, to be serving, uh, to be patient in tribulation, and distributing to the needs of the saints, giving the hospitality. And it's so wonderful to see the Christian community already coming together. We need to pray for the saints down there for endurance in Houston and those, I'm sure, the recovery and um, the rebuilding is going to go on for many weeks and months and years as the floodwaters recede. And we want to just pray for God's uh, moving in the Houston area um, and upon the people. So, Father, we do come. We ask that you would just uh, right now be with those uh, who are displaced in Houston. We've seen the pictures on uh, the television um, you know, live feeds coming in, the rescues, the floodwaters that have flooded so much of that area, uh, a huge area that we can barely comprehend, and all the rain, over 40 inches of rain and more still falling today. We pray that this system would move out quickly, that the rain would stop, that the waters would recede quickly, and as people go back to their homes uh, to assess the damage, Lord, that um, that not only the people of Houston and Texas, that you love them. We know you do. We love You love Houston. You want to work in this time. But, Lord, we just pray that you show yourself strong on their behalf, uh, that as uh, the community comes together, that there be a looking to you. And, um, and Lord, we pray for those who have lost their lives. Already we know uh, 
uh, a law enforcement officer, others who are risking their lives. Lord, we pray for the family of the one uh, police officer who, um, who, in his duties and service to the community, we just pray for comfort for them. And Lord, uh, keep them safe. Keep the rescuers, the first responders, uh, those in the military, Coast Guard, uh, the National Guard, those who are coming in from other states. We just pray for their protection, endurance. Lord, for wisdom and the civil officials that are making decisions to bless those who are helping in practical ways, opening up their homes, those who are, are have boats that are there looking for people to rescue them. Uh, we just pray for your hand to be upon them. We also pray for all the the places that are gathering, those who have lost their homes. The, the needs, Lord, are overwhelming. So just uh, we just lift this whole situation up to you. It reminds us how fragile life is and um, how we need you. And as not only uh, the good people of Texas uh, coming together, but a whole nation coming together to help one another. And as Christians, to be kindly affectionate to one another and serving one another, given over to hospitality. And so we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, give me a call. Love to talk to you. We have open lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Dennis in Longmont. Dennis? Hi, how are you? Good. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you, you bet. for all the prayers that they all need down in Houston. So, But um, I have a prayer request, but before that, I have a question. I was reading in Matthew today. I don't know if it's Matthew 5 or, or 6, whatever it might be. And this is this is exactly coming from Jesus. He's talking about taking an oath. You can't, you're not right. supposed to take an oath, and your word should be is good enough. Well, when I read it, I'm thinking, well, if you have to go to court, not that it's happening to me, but I just want to like connect the dots on it. Well, I know when you when you go in the stand, the jury stand, or the witness, or right. whoever, when you're testifying, you got to put your hand on the Bible. You swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. Well. That seems like that's a direct command that Jesus says we're not supposed to do. So I just want to get my arms around that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of an interesting section. I'm going to read it to you uh, because it is from Matthew chapter 5. As Jesus says, again, you've heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but it shall perform your oaths to the Lord. So in the context, it's talking about oaths to the Lord, first of all. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair black, uh, white or black. But let right. your yes be yes, and your no be no, for whatever is more than this is from the evil one. And I think that as you read on this, um, it, I don't think that Jesus is saying you'll never give an oath. Because when he stood on trial, he, uh, I believe, was under oath uh, as he stood before the Sanhedrin Council. So, um, and it's exactly like you said, um, when it comes to vows, when it comes to oaths, when somebody gets married, they give vows to each other, don't they? Sure. So, you know, even when you sign a contract in a way that's kind of an oath, I think what Jesus is saying here is that as he says, oath to the Lord, the religious leaders would play games with that. He rebuked them uh, when they would go around and say Corban. You know what Corban means? Help me out it, on that. It, 
It means dedicated to God. So th- mm-hmm. they would play games with their oaths. They would swear unto Jerusalem. They would swear unto the temple. They would swear unto the city. They would say, this is dedicated to the God. They played a lot of games with their oaths and with their vows to where there was always a loophole to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Jesus is saying here. Listen, you don't swear by Jerusalem or by the city. Um, your oath to the Lord um, and don't make unrealistic oaths because that's what they would do sometimes. Sometimes people do that as well. They'll they'll say, Lord, if you get me out of this situation or you help me, I promise I'll read my Bible for two hours uh, every day for the next year. And it's an unrealistic oath. He's saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you don't need to do any more than that. And I think what Jesus is saying is be a man, be a woman of your word. And I think that's what I get out of it. Um, Nothing needs to be said more than that. Because what happens, you know, Dennis, is sometimes people will say to me, um, when you you got a ministry opportunity or um, you're having some uh, help that is needed, and you'll ask them, are you going to be there on Saturday? Well, I'll be there if it's the Lord's will. Um, the kind of that escape route of, well, maybe it won't be the Lord's will. And I think Jesus is saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you're going to commit to it, then commit to it. If you are not, then have the honesty and the integrity to say no. And that's what I take away from it, that um, I want to be a man of my word, and I don't want to make these rash vows and commitments and you know, oaths um, and play games with it. Um, and I think that's the gist of what Jesus is saying there. Well, that's, you know, I appreciate it because I knew there was more to it than that because it's so obvious. You know, to me, when you first read it, it's like, whoa, what are we doing yeah. here? Are we, you know, going yeah. against the Lord? If we put our hand on the Bible and take a note, that I, I knew it was a lot deeper than that. So I, yeah. Really and you, that. you brought, yeah, you brought a good point out because it doesn't mean that we won't over ever give an oath. We give an oath if we go before the court system. Sure, and, um, exactly. And, yeah, and we give vows when we exchange vows, perhaps, in the wedding ceremony. That's the most right. important part of the wedding ceremony. So, right. Right. anything else you got for me? Yeah, yeah, I got a, a prayer request. Uh, I have Absolutely. a friend, um, his name's Gary and his family. They're down in Houston. I don't really know what's going on, so just a prayer request, and not just for Gary, because, you know, when it, when it affects somebody close to you, it's always worse, but every person down there is close to somebody, so I'd like to make an umbrella prayer. I pray for everybody that's hurt, and then a special prayer, I just heard that um, an officer down there drowned it, and that's, you know, the yeah. first responder, responder, responders is just so terrible, so I just pray for, you could, just pray for everybody that's affected by this terrible, terrible tragedy. Yeah, and and absolutely, Dennis. And we open the show with that, and we want to pray. You said it's Gary is your friend Gary, down there. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, and, and, and pray family. for him. Gary, Gary and, and family. Yeah, and we need to continue to pray for you know everybody. You know, all of a sudden we we have a situation. You know, Dennis, that um, all of a sudden civilians are the first responders. And um, and it's it's an incredible situation, and it's a very touching situation to see those who care enough about the citizens of Houston 
uh, to go and and try to rescue people, and they are. They are, and they're bringing people in, and for the community to come together, and we just pray that they continue. So, Father, we just ask uh, that you would just, as this prayer goes up for Gary and his family that's down there, you know who they are, to be with them. You know the circumstance that they're going through. And, Lord, again, as uh, we pray for the first responders, and and that is many. It's Coast Guard. It's um, the National Guard. It's uh, those paramedics, firefighters, uh, police officers, and civilians right now, um, and those who are coming in to help. Uh, we just pray for your hand to be upon all those who are going out and uh, rescuing people, pulling them into uh, a place of safety, uh, a place where they can get food. And uh, some people have lost everything. So again, we just ask for your hand to be upon them. Show yourself strong on behalf of that city. Um, and may it be an opportunity for us to point people to you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. Yeah. You bet. 303-690-3000. We do have open lines. We'd love to be able to talk to you while we got a minute. I want to let you know that tomorrow night here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, we are finishing our four-week series on Standing Firm in the Last Days. And we're going to talk about Standing Firm as a Church. And I think it's very important um, that uh, we we discuss and see the model of the Church in ministry and the priorities of the Church from Scripture, and that's what we're going to do and what it is that we are to be about. Because what happens is, is sometimes we think that the success of a Church we measure it by the world's means. We measure it by, uh, you know, uh, numbers and and buildings and programs and all of this. Um, so um, we just uh, want to be able to go through the scriptures and really see what God has to say. What is success in the church and how to minister to others? There are certain things to do that we are to be steadfast in. And so come out and see us on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, um, and uh, we have children's ministry and youth groups that meet, and we'd love to be able to meet you if we've never have, to serve you, to have that opportunity. And you can check us out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com, and where the direction is. Also, just a little bit of information. We're talking about relief efforts, and uh, you could, the best way to right now is to go to Calvary Chapel in Houston, their website, calvaryh.org, and to be able to help and to be able to donate if the Lord leads you in that direction. So uh, just some information for you there. And again, we have that information on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. Well, we do have open lines, so I'd love to hear from you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And... um, I want to go ahead, let's go to our text line um, that somebody wrote in and said they wanted prayer for anxiety they're struggling with. Also, my mother-in-law passed away today. Can you pray for my family? And I thank you. And so uh, John has set that in. And John, I just want to thank you for sending in that text. And I also want to just um, give you some scripture uh, that hopefully will be helpful to you because we can experience anxiety, we can experience difficulty, especially when you go through loss, but just uh, the, the the stuff of life. And in Philippians, Paul gives a, uh, a very important verse 
to us concerning that area as he says that be anxious for nothing in chapter 4 verse 6 but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through christ jesus and so um john if you are listening thanks for the text we're going to pray for you um but he says be anxious for nothing and the the way to be anxious for nothing is to turn to the lord and through prayer and supplication with the heart of thanksgiving because even when we go through difficulty um we can be thankful that we have the lord that we have the hope of heaven that we have his promises he said he'll never leave us or forsake us and um and that he desires to bring the comfort to you that uh, only he can truly give he's the god of all comfort as second corinthians chapter 1 tells us who comforts us in all our tribulations so father i pray for john i pray uh, for him uh, the anxiety that he's feeling you know it and that he would turn to you and rest in you in your promises to trust in your promises to to give all that to you to cast his cares upon you because you care for him and to know that you're working in his life and lord i pray that you give him a peace that passes understanding to guard his heart and mind in christ jesus and that you would do that work for all who are listening in because i know that there are others that are listening in today on grace fm and listening in on hope fm that they have anxiety and they feel stress we live in a very stressful society and that you would give them the peace that passes understanding as they go to you and pray. I pray for your hand to be upon John. Bring him the comfort as his mother-in-law passed away, and I pray for his family that you bring the comfort that they need and the strength that they need in every way, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So John will continue to just um, be praying for you. I appreciate um, your uh, prayer request. And again, give me a call, 303-690-3000 is the number to call to uh, be on the air. And we have some open lines. Uh, matter of fact, we got all open lines. And love to be able to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Maybe you got prayer requests. Maybe you got a question about the Bible. Maybe you got a question about Christian living, the current events. Uh, how does it affect us as Christians? Let's talk about the Lord, the things of Jesus. Also, there's a means for you to be able to text 720-336-0897. We also have been praying for those down in Houston, as all of you have seen, I'm sure, uh, the devastating effects of the flood. If you have somebody that you want to pray for, just let me know, and I'd love to be able to do that and uh, to pray for you and uh, to be able to encourage uh, you in any way uh, as people from all over um, you know, the, the nation have uh, friends down in Houston or relatives or know somebody in the area. Houston's the fourth largest city in the United States, o- over 4 million people in that area. And so um, we'd be happy to pray with them. Got another text prayer request. Please pray for my husband and I to get our finances in line and honor the Lord in that way um, in my husband's heart. Thank you. And finances can really bring strain in a marriage, uh, I always tell married couples to two biggest strain that can come and cause uh, stress in the marriage and difficulty in the marriage is one communication when there's no communication, and then second of all is finances. And so certainly the Bible has a lot to say about finances. 
Um, and the key is this, that don't let the finances manage you. It's very important as Christians we be good stewards of what God has given to us. We are to manage the finances. And so, Father, I pray for this one who sent in a text message, and I just, you know who they are, and uh, I pray that uh, as the finances are bringing stress and difficulty into the marriage, that uh, you would help them to get things in line, um, that you would help them to uh, be able to get their finances in order. Uh, and I just pray that uh, you would uh, work in that way. That also um, that um, you would just, uh, with this married couple, just minister to their hearts and draw them to yourself. And Lord, I just pray that you would do that incredible work. And for all the marriages that are out there, uh, when there is stress and strain because of lack of communication or because of finances or whatever, that, Lord, they would come together, they would look to you, that uh, you would minister to them uh, in a powerful way, uh, that you would uh, just show yourself strong on their behalf and bring in healing and bring in resolve and uh, just working uh, toward their trusting in you in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey. Lines are open, 303-690-3000. we got a text line, too. You can text in prayer requests or questions at 720-336-0897. There's a lot going on. I'm sure you probably got questions about certain things that are going on in the world, uh, about your Bible reading, uh, things that come up uh, in conversation with others. Perhaps you need to be encouraged as you're desiring to witness to others. Uh, maybe you got questions about... Um, family matters, whatever the case may be. I'd love to encourage you in any way uh, that we can. Uh, why don't we go ahead and go back to uh, the text questions as the phone lines. We're waiting for them to come in. Why are there, one text question came in, so many different versions of the Bible, and which ones are right or do you suggest? And there are a lot of uh, different uh, uh, versions of the Bible, and uh, they... Uh, are um, you know available for us here, of course, um, and uh, my suggestion is to get a good word-for-word -word translation, like the King James. Uh, some people uh, don't like the King James because of the Old English. There's the New King James. Uh, there's the English Standard Version. That is a good uh, translation as well, and uh, there's uh, some others. It's it's a word-for-word's better than a than a thought-for-thought -thought, um, translation. And it's a good study uh, um, Bible that you, know, you want to get. So uh, the word-for-word, -word, uh, New Revised Standard is the word-for-word, -word, um, and New King James. I've been teaching out of New King James uh, for uh, a, uh, the whole time that we've been here, and I, I love the New King James, uh, but some people really... Uh, like the some of the other like English Standard Version, which is a word for word, and that's a good one as well. We're getting ready to go to break in a couple minutes, but I do want to get Nico uh, in Colorado Springs. Nico, did I say that hey, right? How you doing? Good. Is it Nico? Uh, it's pronounced Nico. Nico. Okay. How are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. What you got uh, so, for me today? Uh, I was calling because my wife 
asked me a question about uh, Christianity, and well, she asked me a bunch that I really don't know how to answer. And mm-hmm. she asked me because she, have you heard of Pangea? How all the you know continents were one at one point, apparently. Right. Uh, was that real? And if so, did the flood really change all the continents? Yeah, it's a good question, and. Um, you know, we're going to get ready to go to a break for a little bit. So when we hear the music, uh, Nico, I want you to just hold on. We'll be back. Well, you hear the music now. We'll be back in 90 seconds. And you asked a very good question. And we'll take a look at that. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. Right before the break, I was talking with Nico from Colorado Springs. Had a very good question about uh, the flood. Nico, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. Well, here's one of the explanations. It is believed that perhaps all the continents were together. And I'm going to read to you from Genesis chapter 7 that talks about the flood, that in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. So we know from Genesis chapter 1 that there was a firmament that was around the earth. That firmament was like a water canopy. Um, It didn't rain like what uh, was happening here. It rained for 40 days here. Uh, as it says that the waters prevailed on the earth and uh, the flood was on the earth 40 days. Uh, and um, But it was a mist. It was like a tropical climate all around the earth. And they have found uh, tropical uh, plant fossils in uh, the Antarctica, in the Sierra Desert. Uh, there was a mammoth that they found that was... Um, something happened so quickly that it even had vegetation in its mouth. So there's fossil evidence that there was a tropical climate all around the world. And when the flood happened, uh, one of the thoughts is is that um, as the waters came from the deep, the great deep, that uh, as you look at the ocean floor, there's a great... Um, rift that's in between the continents that kind of follow the continent, that that opened up, and all of a sudden this water came from underneath the crust, and it pushed the continents aside, and that's why you have mountain ranges on the edges of the continents, because when they came to a stop, it wrinkled up the continents, and and there was such geologic upheaval that, you know, rocks actually came up and spewed its um, up into the you know, into space, and one of the reasons that they think that is because some of the the meteorites uh, that have come back to Earth, they have traces of salt water in it. So, you know, there's very good science behind it. That, you know, I'm not a great scientist, but there is science behind that. Very well, what happened is the Earth rotated on its axis. 
Now we have seasons. The firmament collapsed with the water coming down. The water came from the deep, and it pushed those continents um, to where now, as the water receded, we have oceans. And one of the sites that I, I would refer you to is called Answers in Genesis. Have you ever heard of them? No. Write down Answers in Genesis, look up online, and they have PhDs, scientists that write articles on this that will answer those questions for you very specifically and uh, give you a lot clearer answer than what I gave to you. But, you know, I've looked at it. I graduated from CSU in a science field, and, you know, to, to me... There's good science behind the flood. Um, uh, it, it makes a lot more sense. Something very dramatic happened, um, and that's why we have canyons. That's why we have the oceans. The water receded. That the continents did move, and it created geologic upheaval. Um, the Earth moving on its axis, uh, and so you can look at those articles, and it will, as you uh, go through the web page begin to really explain those things to you and give you some really good answers. But, Nico, here's the thing. Um, I think that sometimes Christians think that we have to assassinate our brains and that, you know, the the flood story is just a, a myth or something, but it isn't. It really happened, and I think there's good um, evidence for it in, in the fossils and in the geologic uh, history of what we see, and so take a look at those resources, and I think they'll be a great help to you. Yeah, and I, uh, uh, I think that we just need to have faith in what it says in the Bible. Mostly, I have a lot of questions, but uh, yeah. there are ones that my wife wanted me to ask because she is having problems believing, and I don't know. I just told her I'd try and find out for. Her. Yeah, and and. I commend you for that, Um, and there's some good resources out there. So go to Answers in Genesis, be able to read some of those articles. And I think what happens, Nico, is, you know, we do need to believe what the Word of God has to say. And the Word of God is absolutely amazing. And sometimes Christians think that we, you know, as Christians need to take the Word of God, and the Word of God needs to catch up with science. I think that what they're finding is science is catching up with the Word of God. And um, there are many pastors and many ministry leaders that feel like they have to teach some kind of evolution. Um, And there's many that believe in a timeline evolution, progressive evolution, you know, things like that. And here's the thing it undermines the very gospel message because Paul writes in Romans chapter 5 that death didn't come into the world in sin until Adam sinned in the garden. And so we have the creation story. You know, when Adam was created, he wasn't a one-day-old baby, was he? He was a grown man. He had an age that was built into the creation. So you have those factors. And so this is going to help you sort out all these things uh, a wonderful creator who created the heavens and the earth in six days, uh, literal six days. There was age involved, but I think that there's very good science. And personally, 
I think it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does in a God who created this wonderful world. Because when you look at the complexity and the diversity of the different ecosystems, there's a designer, isn't there? Uh, it just didn't happen by chance. And you can mathematically disprove evolution because it's like saying a tornado that goes through a junkyard, and when it goes through a junkyard, it produces a 747. It doesn't happen. Mm. And um, there's order in the universe, and that's one thing that evolutionists uh, cannot explain it. How did order come? Well, the only way that order can come is through a creator, and a wonderful creator that created the heavens and the earth and created um, this world. But what makes it so wonderful and so incredible is that you are the crowning jewel of his creation and that the Lord has made himself uh, known to man and has provided salvation. And and here's the thing, Nico. He's going to come back. He's going to establish his kingdom. And then he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And I don't think we're going to have to wait six billion years or whatever to see him create a new heaven and a new earth he's going to speak and it's going to come forth and uh and that's what excites me so look up those references i think it will be very helpful to you all right thank you thanks for your call nico good good questions so thank you you have a good day you have a good evening too 303-690-3000 was just down in Colorado Springs this weekend. Love you guys down there. Uh, spent many years down there. Love to hear from you guys when you guys call in. Let's go to Kimberly. Kimberly? Hi. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. I'm, I guess, struggling a little bit and trying to figure out how to help my teenage daughter. Yeah, that can be a challenge. <laughs> Yes, I've already been through one and survived, yeah. so now I'm <laughs> working on number two. Um, I know. Her okay. father and I are divorced. Okay. And I know the enemy has had his pause in a lot of our marital problems and then post-divorce. And I came back to the Lord and he just saved me and I thought I could help, you know, with my daughters too. And it seems like the enemy's working more in my um, ex's life, which is kind of trickling down into my daughter's life as well. And she's now says she doesn't believe in God and doesn't have much hope for life. Yeah, and that's hard to hear. Yeah. And Kimberly, we're certainly going to pray for her. And I I want to encourage you for you to not give up hope. And you keep praying for her. The Lord loves her. And, um, you know, I was, I was talking with somebody about it just the other day because I got four kids. And my youngest is 17. And so my other three are adults. Uh, one's going to UNC, um, two, one is married, uh, the other one, um, she's um, just a wonderful daughter. But we pray, Sue and I, more for our kids now th- than we ever have mm-hmm. Be- because we know that the enemy is going after them. 
and we know that the enemy is trying to get a foothold in their lives. And um, and he's going after our young people. Uh, one of the things that we've done on Wednesday nights here at Calvary Chapel Greeley the last four weeks is uh, standing firm in the last days, how important it is for us, you know, to be praying for our kids and praying for our marriages. And, you know, there you know, are people at our church in different states. They, they've gone through a divorce. They're going through difficulties. Um, and the Lord loves you. And he, he wants to work, and he wants to work in our families. And, you know, we need to really just be praying for one another, and certainly we're going to pray for you. But don't give up hope. Um, you know, you keep praying, and you keep ministering to your daughter. Keep loving her and giving her truth. Speak grace and truth into her life as much as you can. All right? I will. Okay. Let's pray. Father, I just pray. For Kimberly, she's a, a mother um, that is brokenhearted, that is concerned for her daughter. And Lord, her daughter, it, through the herd or perhaps confusion or just frustration or stress of life, can say that, um, I don't believe, but deep down in her heart, I pray that you would touch her, that you would speak to her in that still small voice, that you would draw her to yourself, that she would know that you are real, and that you love her, and you love her family. And through all the things that she's been through, or disappointments, that you're still there to work in her life. Lord, that you would send people into her life to, to speak truth and grace. I pray that you help Kimberly to do that. And I pray that you would work and show yourself strong on her behalf in every way. And I pray for Kimberly that you give her the wisdom and the comfort and strength that she needs to be able to minister to her daughter and to her family. I pray for um, her ex-husband, that you would touch him, because he still has influence in the family, that you would draw him to yourself, that you will work in his life. I lift this family up to you, and I pray that you would work miracles of healing, restoring um, everything that they need from you, and that Kimberly would look to you moment by moment, in all of her needs for the strength and comfort and wisdom that she needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. You are welcome so very much, Kimberly. The Lord loves you. You keep hanging on to him, okay? I definitely will. Thanks. <laughs> you are welcome. God bless you. All right. You as well. Have a beautiful night. I will. Thanks. Let's go to Benjamin in Platteville. Benjamin? Yeah, yes. Uh, How I'm are here. you? How you doing? You're uh, on Calvary Live. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I was first time ever calling in. Uh, Great, I'm a little super. nervous, I guess. Nah, you don't need to be nervous. So, you love, love it when you first-time callers, and so we're here to just uh, encourage you and help you in any way that we can. So you got a question for me? Yeah, mainly my question is, I guess, about salvation. You know, I, I've i been a Christian pretty much my entire life. As long as I can remember, I was raised that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I understand Jesus' grace. I understand, you know, that, that we're not perfect. Um, I do understand that God is merciful, but I do know that He is just. Right. And... There's things in my life that I've been struggling with 
my whole life. Um, a lot of them, at least since I, a young age. And, and so I struggle with the salvation. You know, there's, there's verses in the Bible that I've read that, that doesn't make me believe that, you know, once saved, always saved type thing. I love the Lord. I've always wanted to please him, but I don't believe that I walk the walk that I should walk on a normal basis. And so a lot of times I feel like if I'm not doing these things, am I really saved? Because, you know, the Bible says that we're to turn away from our sins and then we become a new creation. Right. Right. You know, e- e- so... Those are questions, yeah. Um, go ahead, I'm sorry. Those are good thoughts. No, you go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Benjamin, but those are good thoughts. And I, I want to let you go ahead and finish your thought. You know, so I just, uh, I'm not sure really where, what to do at this point, I guess, you know, as far as, you know, do, I just don't want to get to heaven and find out that what I thought was salvation really isn't, you know, and the Lord to tell me that he's never known me. Right. I mean, that's that's Ultimately, I mean, I think any believer's biggest fear is that the Lord would deny them right. that even knew him, you know. Let me just give you a couple things um, to think about. Um, Benjamin, how is a person saved? If you go to heaven and God was to ask you, why should I let you in? What would your answer be? Uh, honestly, I, my answer would be, is, well, I don't think you should. I mean, it would only be through the mercy and grace of Christ that I even got that. Right. Right. Exactly. We're saved by faith alone. Um, right. we know that, that Paul, I love the book of Romans. I think the book of Romans, the book of Galatians are two very important books for Christians to really understand. You know, he, he goes through chapter one. Um, the the heathen, you know, has sinned. Chapter 2, the Hebrew has sinned, the self-righteous person. Chapter 3, we've all sinned, right? And the wages of sin is death. So that's why Jesus came. He didn't come to save good people. He came to save sinners, which is all of us. Right. And um, sometimes, I, I think I heard a pastor say a few months ago um, that, you know, Jesus came to, um, you know, make good people better. Uh, well, none of us are good. <laughs> you know, right. um, it was the one that came to him and said, good master. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's only one that's good. That's God. So we're all sinners. And, and I think you understand that. He brings the doctrine of justification. He says that we are freely um, justified. Um, a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law uh, is what he says. He, he says we can't boast in our salvation. Um, we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So there's nothing that we can do for our salvation. It is belief in him. That's all throughout the New Testament. Uh, Jesus said, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. With that said, then he goes into, in Romans, the process of sanctification, which is being set apart. And sanctification is that process of uh, the Lord working in us 
And Paul makes some very important um, points in that. It's very powerful. Should we continue in sin that grace abounds? He says, certainly not. And he goes through and he talks about how we're dead to that. We're dead to sin. But John, he, he also comes along and he says that, you know, if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The, the fact is we still struggle, right? We struggle yeah. with the flesh. We war against the flesh. We war against the enemy. We war against the world. All three of those things uh, come against us. You know, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The key in that, Benjamin, is that we're saved by grace alone, not by works, but to understand that the Lord desires to empower us to live a life after him. We can't do it on ourselves, our own flesh and grit in our teeth and trying to suck it up and all of this. It yeah. is, Lord, I need your help. And we go through different struggles, and sometimes those struggles, they keep coming back, and they, they last a long time, and it's amazing how there are some things you don't struggle with that other people do. But it gets frustrating when you struggle with, you know, fleshly things and carnal things. It's like, Lord, again. And you just keep going to the Lord and looking to him, but don't give up. Because he wants to do that work. And to keep praying and to keep going to him. And to, you know, be washing yourself with the water of the word. To be having devotions every day. There's very practical things that are going to draw you closer to him because he wants to do that work of sanctification, you know, uh, conforming you into the image of Jesus Christ day by day by day, but it's a process. And so sometimes we think, I'm not what I could be, I'm not what I should be, I'm a spiritual waste, Lord, you must be so disappointed with me, am I even saved? And Christians can really begin to beat themselves up and, and start to base their salvation on performance, and when we get there, when we start basing our salvation on performance, we can be up and down. Today I'm doing good because I didn't struggle as much. Uh, and then the next day we struggle, and it's like a roller coaster ride is what it is. I think it's important for Christians to understand that, Jesus, you died for me on the cross, and I believe in you, and I've given my heart to you, but I need your help and the things that I struggle with, because he does want to work holiness and righteousness into our lives. It is not sloppy agape. It is not God just loves me the way that I am, so I can go out and do whatever I want. That's not what grace is about. Grace but, is that I'm free from sin, and that's what Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, and I would encourage you to read that chapter and look at it very carefully. You're free from sin. You know, Reckon it to be so is what he says. And to say, Lord, I am an instrument to be an instrument of righteousness, and Lord, I need you. And Paul goes in chapter 7, he talks about that very struggle, right, that, that you're talking about. He says, the things that I should do, I don't do, and the things that I shouldn't be doing, I do do. He says, oh, wretched man, who can save me um, from, this, you know, from this body uh, of sin? He, he's just really struggling um, who can sit, deliver me from the body of death? And he then says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. 
So chapters 6, 7, and 8 might be a good Bible study for you, Benjamin, to just go through. And he goes through and he talks about walking in the Spirit. Um, And uh, as we walk in the Spirit, Galatians says we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh and just being yielded to the Lord. But it is a moment, day by day, hour by hour kind of thing of just depending on the Lord, getting rid of those things in our lives that cause temptations that come into our lives, to be around. There's practical things that we can do, be around other brothers in the Lord, be in fellowship with others, have a devotion, and that's really going to help you. But be secure in your salvation and keep calling out to the Lord. Uh, it's not based on performance. It's based on faith. And then know that the Lord wants to do that work to free you from the things of the flesh. Does that oh, help? There's so much. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you pretty much nailed it on the head there. You know, I, I it's definitely something that I, I've struggled with, and, and it is a roller coaster. Some days I feel like I'm doing okay, and other yeah. days it, it feels like uh, like I'm a waste. Right, and uh, and I struggle that, and I and I guess it's just more of that dying to the flesh and picking the cross up daily and relying right. on the Lord to to weed those weeds out of my life. Yeah, and you know it's it's so hard, Benjamin, because um, we live in a world where our minds are being bombarded, and that's where a lot of the battle is. Is we you know the images, um, the the culture. Um, the things that are all around us, um, it is um, just absolutely difficult um, in the day in which we're living in. And that's why it's so important that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like I am so dusty and, you know, from the stuff of the world and everything around us um, that it's important to wash yourself with the water of the word. And, um, but, I've known so many Christians that they think, you know, I'm not good enough. Um, I haven't performed enough. And so they give up. So don't give up. All right. The Lord loves you. He wants to do that work in you. You keep calling out to him. And again, there's practical things. Be in fellowship in a good Bible believing church. Get with a group of men that are going to encourage you and build you up. That is so critical with Christians today. And that's why the author of Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together, especially as you see the day approaching. We see the day approaching, and we are in perilous times. And, you know, there is a lot of strange things out there, and there's a lot of carnal things out there that just pulls us in. And it's amazing how it'll just suck you in so fast. And um, that's why we need to have those things in our lives, the dependency on the Lord, and then other brothers and sisters in the reading of the word, having devotions, and that's going to greatly help you. All right? All right. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for calling, Benjamin. I really appreciate it. Uh, Let me know how it's going. Let me pray with you right now, okay? Okay, thank you. Father, I just pray for my brother who called in and in his honesty of his heart, and Lord, we can struggle. And I just pray for all those you know, who are listening to, even myself. There are days where um, we can struggle, Lord, because we're in this world. And um, there's a battle with the the flesh, with the world, with the enemy. And, uh, Lord, all these things coming against. But greater is he that is the Holy Spirit that is in us than he that is in the world. And, Lord, I just pray that you would fill Benjamin with your Holy Spirit, to give him the power to live a life uh, 
after him, after you, Lord, to, to live in, in a way that is pleasing. Lord, strengthen him. And Lord, to, to just to pursue righteousness and holiness. And that's my prayer for all of us as we end the show here uh, on this day, because we need you, Lord. And we thank you that we're saved by faith. And Lord, we do fail you, but your promises, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, that if we walk in the Spirit, the promise is we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh, and, and that's a hard thing, Lord. So I pray for Benjamin. I pray for all that are out there. Lord, help us. Be with us. Guide us in every way. Strengthen. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, with your love. May we just love you continually, every single day, looking to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Benjamin. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. God bless you. You have a blessed day. Thank you. You bet. Well, we're getting ready to to end the show here in just a little bit. And and that's what I want to end. It's just a word of encouragement to you is that look to the Lord. We need him every single day. Be reading your Bibles. Be in fellowship in a good, strong church that you can develop relationships um, and have fellowship with one another's where there's accountability, you know, be reading your Bibles, have devotions, be looking to the Lord, and um, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. I thank you for all of you who called in, text in. I just pray that you have a great, great evening. Continue to pray for those in the Houston area, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.